I'm Jo Chan Yan. And I'm Donna He, and we are two brand designers who met on Instagram and now we are great friends. We can't get enough about nurturing your brand and your mindset when it comes to building a conscious, vision led business. We love honest conversations and digging deep into the things that contribute to your path in making a positive impact in the world. Hello and welcome to the Brand Journey Podcast. So on today's episode, we are going to be talking about websites, things that we should and shouldn't do, and why it's important to have a very clear goal for your websites and how this impacts the client experience or the user experience when they come into your website. As we all know, our attention spans are very short, so we need to make sure that when people land on our websites, we give them the information that they're looking for pretty quickly and they don't feel lost or confused as to who we are and what we do and how to get in touch with us. So we wanted to talk about this and just touch on some of the things that we could implement and keep in mind when we go about updating the websites or hiring somebody to help us accomplish these goals. I think one of the great benefits of the world we live in nowadays, and especially how we do business, is the fact that our websites is kind of like a home for our business online. It gives our brand the opportunity to have an online web presence. And we really want to be making sure that we put our best feet forwards or our best foot forwards when it comes to how we actually show others what our home looks like. So if we think about it in that way, what kind of experience do you want to offer your best clients, your ideal clients or your customers when they reach your site? How do you actually ensure that you are engaging them, creating a focus for where their attention needs to go and helping them find the things that they really want to find when they arrive on your website? Essentially, it's about creating that experience so that it's memorable, it's a cohesive for your brand so that they are more likely to want to work with you or book your product, book your service or purchase your product in future. So Donahue, what are we going to cover today? Like what are some of the things that we actually want to delve deeper into for our listeners? I would love to talk a little bit about touch on content and how mm. that makes a huge impact on the impression that we make on our users. I think anything from copy and messaging to images and graphics. And then with that, we'll be touching on branding and design, of course, because that affects mm -hmm. the user experience and the impression that we make ultimately. And then also that experience. How do people navigate through your website, like the actual functionality of it and the things that they have to do? How are some things that we could customize them to fit our brand and our personality or the personality of our brand and business? So we're going to be talking about some of those things based on our experience. What have we seen that people struggle with and what are some of the things that we can do to improve these areas? So what are some of the things that we've noticed 
people do that maybe they could actually do a little bit better when it comes to the type of content or how they create or showcase their content on their websites? One thing that I notice a lot when I work with clients and prepare them for providing content to me, and then they come back and they have their website content. And I notice a lot of the copy is either based too much on who they are Mm. and uh, not focused enough on what they want the user to connect to or not really understanding what the goal of that website is for them. So that's something that we talk about in the strategy part of it. Yeah. Sometimes they get lost and it becomes too much about who they are. Mm. It takes away from the user being able to feel like the client understands who they are and their issues and how they can help them. So I think a lot of times if you don't feel like somebody understands you, it just feels like that person is not for you. Or if you get confused as to what that person does, you lose that person altogether. You lose the user or the potential client altogether. The websites that I see that are super effective know their clients so well. They know their best customers, the type of things that they love. So all the references that they make on the website has a special place in the heart of their ideal clients. For example, their ideal client may actually be coming to them for something that's not really related to dogs, but they know that their ideal client is really into dogs or loves nature. And so a lot of the little stories that kind of come through and the references have these sort of very personal touches. It's very much about tailoring your messaging so that you're having a conversation. So you're connecting human to human rather than just speaking from a place of look at me or this is what I'm about. So I would say absolutely if we're able to have those conversations, how would that actually translate in the type of content or the type of copy that you actually have on your website so that it is really directed to who you want to serve? When a website is successful, it feels like they're speaking to one specific person, to one person rather than like a group of people. When you land on certain websites and you're just like, oh, that's totally me, like, or you're speaking to somebody face to face, it just has Mm. that vibe of intimacy rather than like somebody who's on a stage, you know, speaking to the masses. Yeah. And I think the other thing that we also tend to see with content, it's not just about the copy, but sometimes images and the type of photography or the textures that businesses use on their website. That's really interesting to keep in mind as well. There is a fine balance between using low resolution images versus high resolution images. Of course, you want high res images, Mm -hmm. ideally because they're going to look a lot better. There's a lot more clarity on them, but it actually affects loading time. So if your file sizes are high, then people are going to come across your website and it's going to take them a little bit more time before the website is loading completely. And within that time, it actually gives people the opportunity to focus on something else or get distracted and actually click off your site. So that's just a little tip to balance it between low and high res. 
find something that is a happy medium, I would tend to say maybe 500 kilobytes is sort of the max that you would want to go to or somewhere around there in terms of image size. So I always think of a website almost like uh, kind of like when you think of a business card without really getting to know somebody first, how do they affect how people remember you and mm-hmm. the decision that they have in hiring you? Think of all of these little things as a way to impress people. And yeah. that it should also align with who you are and the kind of business and work that you do and how you go about your business. But consider the types of images that you're using to make sure that The images are not only representative of the type of work that you do, but also that they align with your brand Mm -hmm. uh, look and feel. Because sometimes people choose stock images that feel like stock images and Mm. they don't have the same personality or quality as the brand does, the visual identity of their business. I feel like it's important to consider when you're looking for images, how they match your branding. It's, there's definitely tons of options out there free and for sale that are not necessarily good, even though they might be of good quality. So make sure that whatever you choose, not only does it match that emotion of your brand, but also the Mm -hmm the look of your brand, the colors and the feel of it. So consider that as well when you're looking for photography. And even though you may have found really amazing photography, it doesn't mean that you need to splash it out all over your website. So Mm -hmm. sometimes less is more. And I think in terms of photography, that's really true as well, because there probably have been times where we've all stumbled on websites that's just full to the brim of photography, and it doesn't actually serve a purpose. It doesn't really do anything other than act as a distraction. So the photography, textures, and things like that shouldn't really hinder people from navigating through your site. And if they feel like they're going through and trying to weave through all your images, then you've probably got too many images on your website there. That's a really good point, because if I've come across so many sites where I'm so distracted by the photography because it either doesn't make any sense or it doesn't feel like it's part of their brand. So it feels so out of place that it just takes me away from my experience. So think of that. I think a lot of it has to do with how you want people to feel that impression you want to make. Mm. And the story that you want to tell as well. Yeah, and the story you want to tell. Let's move on to the about page or having some kind of information about who you are as a company. So let's chat a little bit about this. Donahue, what's your thoughts on what people could do better when it comes to the about page or introducing who they are as a brand? So I have to say that one of my biggest pippies <laughs> is <laughs> when you go to somebody's website and a couple of things. You cannot find a picture of who they are. You can't find their name. So you don't Mm. know who the heck you're talking to or who's behind the business. And you can't find a way to contact them. 
Yes. That drives me absolutely nuts because it feels like they're hiding something. Yes. And if you're hiding something, I feel like I can't trust you. So you lose trust with me if that happens. And I think a lot of people feel the same way. Make sure that it's very clear how people can get in touch with you, what you do and who you are and your experience. Really a reason for people to care about Mm. doing business with you. Yeah. Going back to the metaphor of having a home, if you walk into someone's home and you don't actually see anyone in there, probably feels a little bit weird. Like you can't call (laughs) out and no one answers back. You're probably going to leave that house because it feels a little bit empty. (laughs) So it's the same with your website. You want people to be able to find you and a little bit about what your brand stands for and your company as well. Within that, within um, the idea of building trust through your website, the decision to add testimonials is super important. Yeah. And this does not necessarily need to be like a full paragraph testimonial. Sometimes really short, bite-sized pieces are really effective. I have seen websites where testimonials take up pages and pages because people feel like that is really important. But again, we want to think about how much content we've actually got. So if you're helping someone navigate, maybe a few pull-out quotes is going to be really effective and it's going to set the right tone for brand trust and brand loyalty when it comes to your business. One thing about testimonials I wanted to mention is that make sure they're also relevant because I see Mm. this quite a bit sometimes when I'm looking for courses or coaches to hire. Make sure that your testimonials are showing the results that you want people to know you can give them. It's more harmful to Mm. keep it than to get rid of it. Yes. Pick the ones that have the most impact and You know, you can use the rest in social media, you can use them on your email newsletters, you can use them on your email signature, so you can sprinkle them throughout and not just have them all in your website. Yeah. And then the final little bits that are always important is to make sure content-wise that you have a place for your legals. I encourage my clients to add in their location as well, if that's relevant for their business. It's really helpful to have your location written out somewhere on your website because it actually allows Google to recommend your website to other people who might be in the same location or are looking for things within that location. So it's not just thinking about the UI or the UX side of your website, but it's really about looking at the bigger picture of how Google's SEO is going to pick that information up as well. That's a really good, important point. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about the fun stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The design. What are some things that you see that you would recommend against? Yeah, I think on the top of our minds is probably this aspect of inconsistent branding. So what we mean by this Mm -hmm. is that Maybe certain pages have a specific look and feel to them or 
certain things might not have a particular structure or a grid that is somewhat repeated. And I'm not saying that we need to repeat certain grids and structures throughout our website or layouts, for example, but some degree of repetition is going to help people familiarize themselves with how they should be navigating through your site. And when you are getting a little bit too creative and making every single page a completely different layout or structure and there's no real grid to it, it can make things feel a little bit messy, a little bit chaotic and just a little bit more cluttered. So it doesn't really speak to your branding. Unless your branding is all about chaos and clutter, um, then go for it. But if it isn't really, if that isn't really one of the values or the personality of your brand, then I would just be a little bit more conscious when you're swapping things around to the point where it does start to look inconsistent. If you don't have a designer that you're working with, of course, it's going to be a little bit of a challenge to, you're not a designer, so this is not your expertise. This is where templates are really helpful. So it makes it easy for you to keep things visually organized. You don't really have to try and do it all yourself and complicate the whole part. And what I mean by that is that templates usually have a hierarchy of color and typography and fonts usage. So if you can just use the template and not mess around with it too much, you can actually end up with a pretty decent looking, consistent and organized website. If you mess around with it too much and you get a little chaotic, like Joe was saying, it could turn into a big old hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you mentioned values because one thing I noticed that sometimes is that when people refer to what they do or who they are, but then the website doesn't quite reflect that. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure about that person. I feel a little bit unsure. So mm. I feel like be careful as to what you say and how mm -hmm. you're being visually represented. Just think of how you're being perceived and how if what you're talking about, if your copy or the way you talk about yourself is that how you are actually visually being represented? Yes. Yeah. And overall, it's really about having full integrity, right, when mm -hmm. it comes to branding. So if you are 100% in integrity with your brand, your pricing, your offerings, your branding, your website, your packaging, all of those things will make sense and they'll be fully aligned. As much as we love the templates I would also encourage you to find the balance between going completely chaotic and creative um, <laughs> without restraint in your branding, but also thinking about where that balance is between the two. Because sometimes if we're grabbing a cookie cutter template off the shelf, you will find that there is less differentiation than if you were able to make a few little tweaks to really make it your own. So what are some of those things that you could change within that template that allows for your brand to be differentiated without it being too extreme and going completely in the other direction that we spoke about before? Another branding part that is back to the basics, I would say, is having a logo that is hard to read or there's just too much going on for it or it just doesn't make sense in the context of the website or the branding. 
it doesn't have to have every single meaning in the book. (laughs) Just think of it as a piece of your branding. It's just a way for people Mm. to get an idea of what you're about. And then when they go into the rest of your touch points, such as your website, your social media, or even meet you, all of that aligns with your business and what it's about. So keep it clear, keep it clean, and just make sure it doesn't take away from the message. Just in general, any part of the branding, if it takes away from what your business is about, your message, I think that is a disservice to your potential clients. Yeah. And when we talk about logos not being readable, what we really mean here is that sometimes logos can be very detailed or complex. So it's just a good test to see if you can see all the different aspects of your logo at the size that you have it on your website. And then moving on to fonts, when businesses use too many fonts on their website or they're not using their headings correctly. You should really just have one heading that is in H1 for good SEO. If you've got a lot of H1 headings splashed all over one page, then it's not going to be communicating to Google effectively for SEO. And if you don't know what that means, that is just the biggest font size headline that you use for your website. An additional tip that I would say is to use your script typefaces really sparingly. A yes, please. A <laughs> whole paragraph of script typefaces or script typeface is going to be really difficult to read. If you're trying to read someone's handwriting and they're making you read a paragraph of someone's handwriting, that typically means that you're going to be reading at a slower rate. And when it comes to UI design and UX design, we typically value readability mm-hmm. above a lot of other things. So the faster someone is able to grasp the meaning of your text through your content by having good visible, readable fonts, the easier it is going to be for your site as well. Yeah. And remember that we don't read paragraphs and paragraphs on websites. Okay. So we, we typically as users are skimming and we're reading like very quickly and we're trying to find our brains are constantly trying to find the most important information. So this is why it's important for you to have very tiny bits of copy. So Mm. it's just like a few lines here, a few lines there. I find that people sometimes tend to write long paragraphs explaining. So think of that as well when you are adding your content onto your website. The last part I wanted to touch on for this design section is designing for people who have impairments. And this is something that I need to work more on in how I not only design my own site, but how I design client sites. I think there's a lot for us in the design industry to take action on and do more of in this area because the text is too small or is too big or it's just not easily readable. But also in terms of color, that's, yes. I think, the hardest part for me, like just getting that right and um, thinking of the contrast that needs to be there for people that have impairments. 
Yeah, it is something that I need to do more work on as well. And really understanding, like, if someone has an impairment, what color combinations are they going to have difficulty differentiating between? And if that is the case, is it going to really impair them from reading your content or your text in a way that feels comfortable and easy? There's certainly also a lot of tools out there to help you figure out a good contrast to use. So being aware of the colors that you're using and if the text against, let's say, a solid background of color, if that's a good combination. Mm. And all tags for images also is important too for people that can't um, see so that they can hover over images and know what that image is. Also video, using captions on video and descriptions. So in anywhere you can add a description of what the item is. Yeah. So those are some really small and easy ways to help people that have impairments. But there's definitely a lot out there to, to do that you can easily implement yourself. Those are just a few of the little things that we would love for you to keep in mind when it comes to building and refining your website. It's really about understanding at the heart of everything who you are and who you serve, creating that deep emotional human connection so that you actually resonate and speak directly to your best clients or best customers. And at the same time, you're really optimizing your website so that you're making smart choices when it comes to design so that people stay engaged and focused on your site, understanding how to navigate their way around so they can ultimately purchase from you or end up working with you as well. And these are some of the best practices that we have also been using in our business, on our websites, and on our clients' websites as well. And we would love for you to try out some of these tips and tricks on your own website and let us know how you go. If you have any additional questions or if you have some further suggestions on what we could chat about in future episodes, please drop us a DM. We would love to hear from you. We are at The Brand Journey over on Instagram. That takes us to the end of another episode of The Brand Journey podcast. If you loved this episode and got some valuable insight from it, make sure you hit the subscribe button and follow us over on Instagram at The Brand Journey to keep up to date with our newest episodes. And you know what would be absolutely amazing? If you left us a review so we can support more business owners like you on their journey for crafting a conscious and visionary brand. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time.